we've got a very special treat for you today. I'm excited to have a dear friend of ours that has been a friend for a long time. Actually, he was one of my youth pastors growing up. Pastors Trey and Carrie Rose used to actually be a part at one time um, of our church in a great way, and kids and youth leading all of that. And I'm excited that he is with us today. He's going to be bringing the word. He he had planted a church in Austin, Texas in 2010, um, so right about 12 years ago, and doing a, a phenomenal job in the Round Rock area, and I'm excited to have him with us. This is his first time to speak in this room, and I'm excited to have him back, bringing back a lot of memories as, as a youth pastor growing up. I can tell you story after story of memories I have, um, things that you did that were crazy, but I learned so much, and I'm so honored that you're with us today, Pastor Trey. Can you help me, church, welcome Pastor Trey Rose as he comes to preach today. Up, sit. Hello, Skybreak. Ah, you're so beautiful. It feels so good to be home. Hello. Oh, my gosh. I might cry. I might cry. I, uh, I'm so grateful and excited to be here. You guys are doing huge things. I hope you know how incredible this church is and how God is using you. I want to take a moment just to honor my pastors of 23 years. We came to this church in 1999, and... Pastor Danny and Janet were uh, leading the way, and they're still to this day our pastors. My wife Carrie and I, they're our pastors. We uh, love them so much. Pastor Danny, you are such a man of grace and mercy. I don't know anyone that carries that like you do, and I just want to honor you for that. And, and Pastor Janet, your faithfulness and loyalty is unmatched. Uh, there have been plenty of times where uh, you could have whooped my butt uh, but you said instead, let's do this together. And I just want to thank you so much for pouring into my life, my family's life. So grateful for their covering. And then pastors Nate and Kendall, thank you for the invitation. Uh, Carrie and I are so glad to be here. You have such a, a pure heart and a hunger for the things of God. And during worship, I just felt I don't know, during worship, I just felt like the Lord was saying to you that your steadiness is a gift to the kingdom and that there is such a stewardship of the kingdom keys that he's imparting to you and he's raising an army. I, last night, I had the honor of going out to dinner. He even paid, which was better. <laughs> and, and I sat across the table and I said, Nate, you know, you just remind me as a leader that says, let's go take that hill. That's the hill we're going to take. And you get, you get the troops fired up. And I just sense the Lord is just bringing a, a fresh passion to your team here at Skybreak. And I'm so excited, so excited to be here. And for those of you, yeah, let's give it up for Nate and Kendall, your pastors. For those of you who have been here for three years or longer, I have to honor you. Because the enemy has used everything in his playbook to get you to tap out. He's done it all. I don't, he, I, he may have more tricks in the bag. I don't know. But if you've been here three years or longer, you have pushed through fear. You have pushed through offense. 
You have pushed through risk. You have pushed through convenience. I'm just so excited to be here. The church, good grief, the church needs more people like you. So I celebrate you today as well. I know I, everyone gets a trophy because I also need to honor everyone that's been here under three years. You came at the right time. The church is always the brightest when the world is the darkest. You came at the right time. You came to the right place, and I'm so excited to be here. I know that if you came in the last three years, you have no clue who I am. Uh, my name is Trey Rose, and my wife, Carrie, and I were the, the lead pastors at the Exchange Church in Austin, Texas. I am an Aggie. I almost wore my Aggie ring, but you know, shrinkflation. We love our church. God is doing incredible things. I also have five children. Two of them are married. I brought three for show and tell today. Uh, Addison, Jordan, and Tristan, will you stand? Just wave at everyone. I also have a family photo. Uh, that hopefully we'll, we'll show. Oh, there it is. So on, on the right is Jordan. He is 20 years old. Uh, he is single and looking. <laughs> Next to him is Tristan, who is 17 years old. Tristan is our behind-the-scenes guy. He does not want to get on platform. He doesn't want... He panics whenever we have a Christmas service and we say he's going to step onto stage just to wave at people. But this young man can do lights like nobody else. He can serve in e-kids like nobody else. He has a heart uh, for the kingdom. He's 17 years old. One more year until he's out. <laughs> and then we have Addison, who is 23 years old, our wonderful daughter. She's a producer of our services at the exchange. She's also a captain in e-kids. Every Sunday, she's at the church. She is a very strong volunteer very strong leader. We love her. Uh, next to her is my lovely bride, Carrie Rose. We've been married for 28 years. Yes. Uh, I won't make her stand because I don't know if I'll get in trouble for that. I didn't ask in advance. Next, next to me is my daughter, Michaela, and her husband, Lawrence. Um, Pastor Danny, I can't call him my son in love. I can't do it. I know that you say daughters in love. I just can't bring myself to say son in love. He is my son-in-law, but I do love him. Uh, his name is Lawrence, and he works for Dave Ramsey in Nashville, Tennessee, and Michaela had to move with him. And uh, she's a part of our church. She, the one benefit of COVID is we all learn to work remotely. So she helps our team remotely. She helps plan our services. She's a great communicator. Uh, she's on team with us still at the church while being planted in a local church. She is serving, uh, serving the church there in Nashville as well. And then I have the, my oldest son who's not in this photo because he likes to hang out in Australia. He and his wife, Rachel, are youth pastors in Australia. And they have a little baby, River. She is two and a half. I'm a, I'm a granddaddy. I know. I don't look like it. I know. I know. Uh, River's two and a half. And three weeks ago on July 15th, 16th, depending on what country you're in, they had uh, their second little girl, Rumi. And isn't she just the cutest? Just the cutest. Um, 
I don't know how my son produced that, but she is, <laughs> she is gorgeous. Uh, anyway, speaking of show and tell, I just wanted to show you this morning possibly the best chips on planet Earth. I know it's really unusual for a preacher to come along and promote the gospel and chips, but hear me out. These chips are Sun Chips Chili Lime. Can I get a witness? Anyone? Anyone tried them before? No, legit. Has anyone tried these? Oh, you don't know what you're missing. They are amazing. These, these things have been um, my go-to every time I go to the store. I, I look for them because over the last nine months, I've not been able to find them. Have you guys had problems finding things on the shelf? Well, in Austin, this is one of the things, you know, it's like the thing I love and you can't find it for nine months. You can't find it. Well, a couple of months ago, I, I found it on the store, store shelf and uh, I ran and I, I saw it. And the moment I saw it, I looked around to see if anyone was racing towards them. And I run and I grab two bags. I put it in my cart and I go home and I'm unpacking the groceries and my wife is in the kitchen. And I said, Carrie, you're not going to believe what I found. I found these chips. And she was like, oh, great. And I'm looking at the chips, kind of just admiring them. And I noticed the expiration date. It expires in seven days. Now, just so you know, these are not the chips that I bought two months ago. Uh, but the chips that I did buy two months ago, it expired in seven days. And so I, I kind of huffed and I puffed and I, I was upset. And Carrie said, what's the matter? And I said, these expire in seven days. And she laughed and she said, ha, I don't think you're going to have any problem with that. Well, my wife is usually right, and she was right that time as well. I had no problems eating both bags of chips, though I promise you one of my kids got into the pantry. I didn't eat all the bags by myself. But since I have become an expert, the title of my talk today is How to Enjoy a Bag of Chips. How to Enjoy a Bag of Chips. Father, we come before you today. I thank you so much for our time Together, what an honor to be here in this house with your people. God, I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that you would bring revelation knowledge. In Jesus' name I pray, let the church say, amen. amen. I have to ask, is it just me, or do you also feel like the world has gone crazy? Good. It's not, not just me. If it was just me, this sermon wouldn't have worked. I'm glad that I'm not alone, but to be honest, though, nothing that has happened in the world has caught me by surprise. Nothing has shocked me because I am a student of Scripture. I love the Bible. I love Scripture. And specifically, I love Bible prophecy. I love it. I geek out on it. I love Bible prophecy. Did you know that you're in the Bible? You are a Bible character. This day that we are living in is the most prophesied time in all of human history, and it contains you. And it's exciting to watch the pages of Scripture uh, come alive in the headlines of the news and the different dynamics that are going on in our world. And so it's not really catching me by surprise. Now, I realize that not everyone likes to talk about the end times. I get it. 
You think of Nostradamus, you think of doomsday, you want to get the covers and cover your head, you don't want to hear it. And, and maybe you're like my son Jordan. Jordan's 20 and he doesn't really want Jesus to come until he gets married. Because he wants to experience praying with his wife. He's holy that way. <laughs> now the end days, whether now or a hundred years from now, should not be something that we dread, fear, or avoid studying. Titus 2.13 tells us that we await the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of God in our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. The return of Jesus should be our hope. It should be something that we get encouraged about. So today, for anyone in the room who is a bit hesitant with this whole last days jazz, I want to help you navigate possible last days with a simple analogy of enjoying a bag of chips. I believe that we can enjoy the last days as simply, maybe not as easily, but as simply as enjoying a bag of chips in Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 56, it says, Jesus is talking to the crowds and he says, when you see a cloud rising in the west over the Mediterranean, you say at once, a shower is coming. And so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, rolling in that hot air, rolling in off the desert, and you say it's going to be a scorching hot day, it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? You see the obvious, but you can't discern the time. Have you ever known anyone that's just really great at seeing the obvious? Have you, you know, they just, you, you walk into a place uh, and they just point out the most obvious thing in the room and they're expecting a high five for it. Well, I just want to encourage us today, let's not impress ourselves with our common sense today. I know common sense is not that common. I, I understand that. But the nature of common sense is it's not revelatory. So if we rely on common sense, we don't see what God is really trying to show us in this season and in this day. So we need a little more understanding than what common sense provides. There are some things that cannot be perceived with our human ability. Why don't you go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, God is giving me eyes to see. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God is giving me eyes to see. When Jesus came the first time, a great percentage of the Jews did not see he was coming. They couldn't perceive it. They, they, they had been waiting for generations for Jesus to come. And when Jesus showed up the first time, they could not see it. The Bible talks about Jesus coming a second time. And when Jesus comes up a second time, there will be a great percentage of people that won't see it. Will we have eyes to see? Let's see what the Apostle Paul says about the last days and the return of Jesus. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter four. We're gonna read a lengthy block of text. It says, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, 
who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, somebody say me. Then we who are alive, we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up. Now that word caught up in the Greek is harpazo. Harpazo. Uh, That's where we get the word rapture from. Anyone heard of the word rapture before? There is a catching away. We will be caught up. And it really quite literally translates to a seizing by force. Harpazo. Some people say rapture is not in the Bible. Well, you would be correct unless you're reading the Latin Bible. In the Latin Vulgate, Vulgate, the word is rapturo. This is where we get the word rapture from. Uh, We we don't know when the rapture is going to happen. And I'm not date setting here today, so don't get too happy about that. I don't know when Jesus is coming. He hasn't told me yet. Uh, When he does, if he does, you'll be the first to know. He could come before this sermon is over. Some of you are happy about that. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons. Now we know it's important to perceive. So we should lean in on this text. Concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and safety, then suddenly sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Jump down to verse nine. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. In our text, the last four verses that we read, there are four ways to discern and respond to the last days. In addition, there are four ways to enjoy a bag of chips, preferably sun chips, chili lime. Step number one, to enjoy a bag of chips and to love the latter days, check the expiration date. Check the expiration date. Before you buy the chips, you need to know how long they're good for. Because the expiration date determines the pace of eating the chips. The expiration date determines if they're good for Saturday's party next week or if you have to eat them tonight with Tristan. Check the expiration date, especially now with all of the issues we have in our stores. Check the expiration date. Verse 6 says, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Watch 
Stay awake, be sober. Are we watching for the signs of the end? Are we looking for the expiration date of humanity? Because it makes a difference on how you live your life. The Bible says when you see the signs coming to pass and you know that Jesus is coming, it's a, there's a purification factor that happens in your life. You're no longer living just for yourself or just for the day. You're living in light of eternity. It also says to be sober, by the way. Be of sober mind. That means we're not looking for conspiracy theories here. We're not looking for ridiculous, radical, crazy, frivolous things to get caught up in. We're really looking for what does the Bible say about the times that we're living in. For those who are in Christ and watching, we won't be caught off guard. The end of days will surprise the world like a thief, but not you. You are not in darkness. You are checking the expiration date. You are consuming the word and assessing the world. The world may not know what's going on, but you are not in darkness, brothers, that that day should surprise you like a thief. Now, I don't know when Jesus is returning, but I'll tell you this. I've never in my lifetime seen signs begin to converge of what the Bible says the last days look like versus what's going on on the outside world. 30% of scripture is prophecy. Did you know that 30% of your Bible is prophecy? So it's kind of an important thing to read and to think about and to process and to pray through. Many of the prophecies were discussing the first coming of Jesus. Many of them. And did you know that every single one of those were fulfilled literally? It wasn't metaphorically. It wasn't allegorically. It wasn't symbolic. It was a literal fulfillment of the prophecies of Jesus' first coming. Well, I can only imagine that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So I assume, I assume that the things that are prophesying his second return will also be a literal fulfillment. Can I share with you some of the prophecies that are, that are being fulfilled right now in this generation? Just a couple. I brought 23. I really did. I just don't have time to share them all, but I brought them just in case the spirit moves. Uh, but I brought a few of the prophecies that I want to share with you today. The big one, is, the first one I want to share is the super sign. It's the super sign, and that's Israel. When Israel became a nation on May 14th, 1948, it set the countdown clock of the end times, the latter days, the last of the last days. Technically, Acts tells us that the latter days began uh, when Jesus was here. Did you know that? Last days began when Jesus was here, but we're now living in the last seconds, I believe. May 14th, 1948, Israel became a nation. Prior to that, all the Bible scholars, whenever we were looking at the prophecies of Israel, everyone interpreted it metaphorically because Israel wasn't a nation. How can you take a prophecy literal when there is no Israel? Well, God has a way of doing what he says he's going to do. So that was the super sign. Number two, we know that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars and nation against nation. You can find that in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. I don't know if you're watching the news, but there are a few skirmishes around. I wrote down a few, Russia and Ukraine, China and US, Iran and Israel, China and Taiwan, Azerbaijan and Armenia, North Korea, South Korea. I mean, the, 
the threat and concern, the level of concern with nuclear transactions is probably higher than 1962 when we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. I don't know if anyone remembers that. I wasn't alive, but I did read about it. There is great concern on the earth. There are wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation. I would say that that prophecy is being checked. Now, before Jesus comes, it's all going to escalate. The, the day of the Lord is going to escalate, but we see the shadows of these things pouring out onto our present day life. The third thing, pestilence. We could translate that to pandemic. <laughs> uh, pandemics. We have the vid one, the vid two, the vid three. We've got something with monkeys now. We've got polio. Earthquakes. The Bible says earthquakes. And Jesus says that these signs are going to be like a woman travailing, the birth pains. And I've never had a baby, don't plan to. Um, but I understand that when you are going into labor, those contractions come quicker and stronger. Quicker and stronger. So we will see shadows of these signs and they will come quicker and they will come stronger. This is definitely true with earthquakes. Uh, there was a study done last year by a seismology institution and they said that between the year of 1900 and 1969, 1900 and 1969, we had about six major earthquakes every 10 years. Today, we have major earthquakes happening twice a month. And we have a great, what they've termed great earthquake that shakes the entire globe, whether you feel it or not, once a year. Famine, famine, Matthew 24 says famine is on the horizon. The EUtimes.net reported last month that the United Nations warns that the worst famine in history is now emerging. You may have noticed when you've gone to get your chips or the items that you want, you're not finding them. You may see signs in the news about uh, hurricanes coming up or flooding of certain fields or the wars. Have you ever considered how the wars are impacting our food supply? Famine is on the horizon of biblical proportion. The Bible also talks about, this is number six, inflation. Specifically hyperinflation. Thank God we're not there yet. But inflation is here, although gas is cheaper in College Station than in Austin. Revelation 6, 5 through 6 specifically mentions that wheat is going to skyrocket. All the grains going to skyrocket. It will cost a day of your wage to buy one loaf of wheat bread. I can't imagine what it's going to cost to buy sourdough bread. The war between Russia and Ukraine has drastically impacted the wheat production. So much so that Putin... And Zelensky got together three weeks ago. They took a pause on the war to talk about wheat because they understand how critical wheat production and distribution is to our world. The Bible predicted it thousands of years ago. And see, we see here today, people are now worrying about the wheat. The Bible is true. Another uh, end time sign is deception. Deception is going to be rampant. People will be deceived and deceiving in the latter days, if you don't see the deception, you're the one deceived. Apostasy will be on the rise. The falling away of the faith in the last days. 
Um, now, apostasy, there's nothing new with apostasy. It, apostasy has been around since day one. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he's talking to the Corinthians, Corinthians 1 and Corinthians 2, the biggest challenge of the church was false doctrine. It was then, it is now, but it's going to increase. So here's what you can expect. You can expect significant religious leaders of the world leading people away from this and more to this. More to the heart of man, which is above all deceitful. The apostasy isn't about to start. It's been going for generations, but it is on the rise. Second Timothy 3 says people, men, will become lo- lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. You're in a safe place, but I would hate to be in a church that denies the power of God. I would hate to be in a place that shows up and does all the religious activities but never sees anyone healed, no, never sees anyone set free from addiction, ne- never sees anyone set free from the bondage or, or the things that they're carrying. Listen, we can't have a form of religion and deny its power. A, a study came out this year from Barna that said 37% of pastors have a biblical worldview. Only 37%. That means one approximately, one out of every three pastors is holding to the word. Two out of every three pastors isn't. The numbers drop significantly with youth pastors. Youth pastors, only 12% have a biblical worldview. Thank God you're in a church that underscores and understands a biblical worldview and will fight for the word of God no matter what culture is trying to sway one way or another. Another end time sign, I just, this is probably my favorite, technology. Technology is an end time sign. The gist of it is we have to be able to see something in one place at at the same time, all around the world, instantaneously. Well, listen, I talk to my granddaughter on FaceTime in Australia almost every day, so I know that we're there. Technology is there. We, we also need to be able to control everyone's buying and selling and spending. If you don't do what we say, if you don't, don't surrender to the ideals that we say you need to surrender to, we're gonna shut off your bank account. We're there. We can do it, which brings me to another, in time sign, a cashless society. To be able to control your finances, we need a cashless society. There can't be any of this under the table, Devon. Give you $100, no, that ain't gonna work. We have to be cashless. Uh, I mentioned this last week at my church, and after church or the next day, I get a text from my daughter, Addison, who works at a place, and she said, Dad, you're not gonna believe it. The, the, the leaders just texted and said, we're going cashless next week. Is that a coincidence? I think not. <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to cashless. Cash is dirty. If you want to get rid of yours, you just hand it to me as you leave today. <laughs> In Joel chapter 3, verse 2, we know that God is going to judge the world because of the dividing of Israel. That's his motivation for judgment, by the way. We divided his land, not the land of Israel, not the land of a people group, his land. And you can look at the news and see talks of the dividing of the land, and I know what's coming. 
God's not happy about dividing his land. More that I don't have time to talk about is the destruction of Damascus in Isaiah 17. Uh, The third temple being built, which we don't need. We're believers in Jesus. You are the third temple, by the way. But the Bible needs a third temple in the land of Israel to fulfill the prophecy. It's on the horizon. They've already found the red heifers and they're practicing all the rituals right now. Just trust me when I say the third temple can be built in about 48 hours. So we are there. We need a one world government. Not from the United Nations. It's not going to be them. It's probably going to be from the World Economic Forum. Watch the news. You'll see it. We also need uh, more violence. We need violence to escalate like the days of Noah. We're also going to see lawlessness increase and the love of many growing cold. We're there. By the way, the love of many growing cold, do you know what that means? That means the loss of natural affection. The natural love of a husband and a wife becomes a rarity. The natural love of a parent to a child becomes a rarity. We're there. And lawlessness is through the roof. And then another that I'll just throw in there because this is probably the most current one that's in our face. It started this weekend. Uh, The Psalm 83 war. The Psalm 83 war didn't start this weekend, but I think it's a dress rehearsal for what we might see. Uh, Right now we have Israel kind of going at it uh, with Iran proxies. But for the Psalm 83 war, we need to see Hamas join. We need to see Hezbollah join. Uh, We need to see all the Muslim Brotherhood in Sudan and Egypt join in. All the peoples that are against Israel and very close to their border will try to pummel them. That's the Psalm 83 war. And guess who's going to win that war? Who? Guess. Come on. Out loud. No. God. God is going to win that war because God wants to take care of his land. We see the signs coming. There, there are more that I could list. I have many more on the page. I'm just out of time. Here's my point. If one were happening, it'd be no big deal. If two were happening, it might be interesting. If three were happening, we might take a little bit of notice. But when you've got over 25 end-time Bible prophecies happening, converging concurrently, we should be checking the expiration date of the world. We should be watching to see if Jesus is coming soon. Step two, just buy one bag. Just buy one. You... You don't need two bags to enjoy a bag of chips. Just, just get one. I don't know what happened to me. I was in the aisle. I saw the chips. I dashed towards them. If I had had three hands, I would have ended up with three bags. I just, I just grabbed two. But listen, you don't need two bags. You just need one. I saw the excitement and I was immediately overcome with fear and a scarcity mindset. As we talk about the end times, I've seen a couple people leaving the auditorium. I hope you're not leaving because you're scared because I'm just about to get to the good news. It's coming. I promise it's coming. When we think about the end times and we see all the stories developing, then we, we know that Jesus is in control and we don't need to fear Really, I'm, I'm learning how to enjoy a bag of chips instead of enjoy bags of chips. You just need one. 
whether we're talking about buying snacks or the last days, living in fear just isn't who we are. First Thessalonians 5.9 says, for God has not destined us for wrath. If you're a son, if you're a daughter, it is not on your timeline of life to encounter the wrath of God. Can I get an amen from somebody who's grateful? Luke 21, 28 tells us when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption draws nigh. We can walk in peace. If we're in the last of the last days, we can still walk in peace when we stop being impressed with the size of the world's problems. Just get one. To enjoy a bag of chips, we need to check the expiration date just by one. And, and number three, we need to eat the chips. Oh, I need some guacamole. Eat the chips. It's simple, right? Sounds so simple. Now I'm in a predicament. Because I'm chewing and I want to talk. What good is it to discern the expiration date and never eat the chips. <laughs> the whole purpose of checking the expiration date is so that we can better measure eating the chips. We can take our steps with intention. As we see the day approaching, we can run toward the finish line on purpose. Eat the chips. Don't get so wrapped up in the expiration date and the news and this war and that war and do I have enough in my pantry and, and nuclear this, nuclear that. Just eat the chips. It's really that simple. It was never God's plan for us to see the day approaching and then do nothing Watching for Jesus doesn't mean we take the foot off the gas pedal. Watching for Jesus doesn't mean we stop. So go to college. Build that family. Have that baby. Have two. Build a business. Follow your dreams. Eat the chips. Because we see in our text that whether we are awake or asleep, we're going to live with him. Whether I live or die, it's all about life. Whether we're alive or dead, the, the goal is life. And I see two extremes with people. Two extremes. Now, I love you. I, I had an honest confession. I love the end times. And I, I talk to a lot of people that love the end times. But I see two extremes. I see people who, who never watch the expiration date at all. And, and they just eat the chips. They're not watching. They're eating the chips without eternal purpose. Keeping your eyes on 
the deadline, on the expiration, on the goal, on the return, on our hope, helps you eat the chips. But then I know people that only check the expiration date. They only check the expiration date and then they set the almost expired chips on a curio cabinet for display. Saying those chips are available someday. We're going to eat those chips someday. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. Meanwhile, I'm at home watching Netflix, just watching more TED Talks, more YouTube videos, watching all the pastors I can find about Jesus' return. But I'm not eating the chips. Eat the chips. We need you to eat the chips. The kingdom needs what you have to offer. You were born as a Bible character in the last days because you are destined for purpose. You are destined to build what the Lord is building in this hour. You were born for such a time as this. Then step four, last step. I'm, I'm out of time. But the last step to enjoying a good bag of chips. Devon. You ever tried these? I'm sorry? Yeah. Come on. I, I got so much goodness right there. I'll give you two. Let me know what you think. Step four, don't forget to share. Don't forget to share in all your purpose and everything you're doing and you're making headway and you're making progress and you're seeing the signs of the time develop right before your eyes. Don't forget to share your chips because no big bag of chips should be eaten alone, though it can be done. (laughs) Verse 11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. I'm sure you know this text. that says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I don't know if you have ever picked up on this. I don't know that I ever did until 2020, 2021. I used to preach that text all the time saying, hey, it's important to gather. It's important to assemble. It's important to be a part of life groups. It's important to serve. I knew the value of gathering, but I never picked up on the last part of that verse that says all the more as you see the day approaching. That tells me that as the day is approaching, there's going to be some resistance to gathering. There's going to be some resistance to being a part of life groups or serving or giving your life in community. Now listen, if the last three years has taught us anything, it has taught us how to be okay with isolation, how to be all right in our living rooms. That's not how you eat a bag of chips. That's how you get unhealthy. You got to share. How'd you like those chips? All right, that's it. They're just, I, you had to, here. No. Here. I love you, brother. It was, it was only three bucks, but 
That's a piece of my heart right there I gave you. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. But let's be all in. Are you in? Are you in? Are you in for the ride? Are you in for the work? Are you in for the sweat, the tears? Are you, are you in? Maybe you're here this morning. You've never even gone to the store to get your bag of chips. <laughs> you understand everything I'm saying, but you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're even here. Maybe this is your first time today because you've been seen with your own common sense that something ain't right. Even people far from Jesus are coming up asking me, what's going on in the world, Trey? And I'm like, sit down, let's talk about it. I'll tell you what's going on. The good news is it didn't catch God by surprise. The good news is we're not destined for wrath if we're hidden in Christ. The good, the good news is, is that today you can have your very own bag of chips. So if you're here today, I'm going to ask everyone to just bow your head, close your eyes. We've talked about the expiration date. And you sense in your heart that it's time. It's time for the running to stop. And you found yourself in the house of the Lord this morning. You found yourself watching online this morning. Let's make the expiration date of your running be today. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. God sent us on Jesus to die on a cross for you and I so that we could be in right relationship with him. He bore the weight of our sin and of our shame. It's time to say yes. You're ready to say yes. You believe that Jesus died on the cross. You believe that he was buried. And on the third day, he rose again, conquering death, hell, and the grave so that you and I can live victoriously. If that's you, you're ready to say yes to Jesus. Will you just wave at me so I can see your hand? Just wave. Nobody's looking. I just want to see if, if that's you. You're ready to make Jesus the Lord of your life. No matter what's happening in the world, the expiration date, you're, you're ready to say yes to eating the chips. You're ready to say yes to living in your purpose. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Thank you. Thank you. If you're watching online, you're ready to say yes. Go ahead and just send the hand up emoji so we know our team would love to just partner with you and pray with you. We want to walk through life with you. But church together, can we just say this simple prayer together to support those who have raised their hand? Say, Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I believe that Jesus died on a cross. I believe that he rose again. Just as scripture declared, I put my faith in you. And from this moment forward, my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate this morning? If you just made the decision to invite God into your life, we would love to know. You can text SCSAVE to 97000. That way we can help equip you with some next steps for you to take along this new journey. If this message was a blessing to your life and you'd like to help support Skybreak financially, you can give online using the Skybreak Church app. 
Well, hey, we would love for you to join us in person this upcoming Sunday morning at 9.15. But until then, we hope you have a great week and we will see you Sunday.